Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Amen. Somebody shout hope. Hope. All right. Uh, Nisha's going to lead us in some scriptures because I'm going to do what I never do. And I'm going to pull out of the Amplified for one portion of my scriptures. I always preach out of a King James Version Bible, but I really needed to, to, for you to get this translation of this scripture so it'll really speak to your spirit. So on this first one, you might want to just look at the screen, and then we'll revert back to the King James Version Bible. Romans chapter number 5, verse number 3 says, Moreover, let us be full of joy now. Let us exult and triumph in our, huh, and rejoice in our, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance. And endurance, fortitude, develops maturity of character, approved faith, and tried integrity. Are y'all following me? And character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. Look at verse number five. Such hope never disappoints. Now that's a big statement. That's a big statement. Y'all know me. I like interaction, so I need you to look at your neighbor right now and say, you will never be disappointed. I need you to declare that hope will never, ever disappoint you. And that's a big statement, but we're going to take it somewhere this morning. Such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us. For God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given unto us. Amen. One more place. Isaiah 26, 18 and 19. Now the King James Version Bible. This is a very strange scripture that we were traveling last night, the wee hours of the morning, coming home, and God dropped this scripture in my spirit. I had to get my wife to look it up, put it in my notes, because I knew the Father wanted to deal with this scripture this morning. Isaiah 26, 18 says, We have been with child. We have been in pain. But we have, as it were, brought forth, King, uh, another translation says, Brought forth only wind. Strange scripture. We have been with child. We've been in labor. We've been in pain. But we has, as it were, we have, as it were, only brought forth wind. We have not wrought any deliverance in the earth. Neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. 19 shifts gears and said, the dead men shall live. Together with my dead body shall they arise. Wake up and sing, you that dwell in dust. For the dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall be, uh, earth shall cast out the dead. I know them strange scriptures, but let's work with it. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord. Because I am persuaded to believe you're about to resurrect some hope. Not what we call hope, but biblical scriptural hope, Father. You're about to resurrect in this place this morning. So I'm going to go ahead by faith and give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. amen. Praise God. Here in this text, we have a picture of someone who is expecting to have a child. Amen. And not only expecting to have a child, but according to the scripture, has even had the labor pains of expectation. But when it came time to deliver, or if you will, to welcome and receive what she was expecting, she only brought forth wind. 
Now, can you imagine being pregnant with what you thought was a baby? And even having labor pains. And when it came time to deliver, there was nothing. There was nothing. Can you imagine the mindset of an expectation going from such a high level of what I'm about to receive only to get in the situation and receive nothing at all? Oh, I'm going to talk to somebody else. Not only would it be terribly disappointing, it would be terribly embarrassing because you've been telling everybody, I'm going to have a baby. This thing's going to happen. Oh, my God. Y'all better get ready. I'm just going to get real this morning. Amen. This, this thing's going to happen. This, this prayer is going to be answered. This deed's going to be done. Amen. Not only am I expected, I'm telling everybody I'm expected only to get down to the appointed time and nothing. Nothing. Oh, you ain't going to be able to say nothing this morning, but I'm talking to you. All it was was wind. Empty. So what the writer is trying to show us is there is no greater disappointment than to be expecting one thing only to get something totally different. There's, there's nothing. There's, there's, there's no greater disappointment than expecting one report from the doctor only to get. Somebody just wave at me. Somebody just be real and wave at me if you know what I'm talking about. That there, there's no greater disappointment than to be standing with an expectation that this is the report we're going to get from the doctor. Amen. Only for the doctor to come out and give you a report that is totally contrary to what you were expecting. There's no greater disappointment than to be expected to get the job only for it to be given to somebody else. There's no greater disappointment than be praying and expecting somebody's going to give me that call. That job's going to give me that call. That call is coming only for the call to never come. There's no greater disappointment than, it be, uh, than to be expecting the situation to change only for it to get worse. And, and, and the reason I say no greater disappointment is because it's expectation itself that causes the greatest level of disappointment. Oh, come on now. I'm just going to get real. Because if you weren't expecting things to change, there wouldn't be a reason for disappointment when they didn't change. If you weren't even expecting a good report, then the bad report would have never disappointed you. You'd have walked off saying, I knew it. I figured it. And I'm afraid. Oh, somebody better pray for me today. I'm afraid that in Christendom, we have just enough word to know we're supposed to be expecting something good. But in reality, we have just enough expectation to produce utter disappointment when it don't turn out like we thought it should. And, and, and even condemnation when the word of faith is preached because we're not receiving what we were expecting. And when faith and expectation is preached, it'll even produce condemnation when the message preached don't reflect my current experience. Amen? And, 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 and the preacher's trying to preach faith into you, but, but you've had one disappointment after another disappointment after another disappointment, and what made the disappointment so great was I was expecting this to turn out right. I was expecting this to turn out different. Amen. And, and oh my God, I know I'm talking to somebody in this place. And some of us have been disappointed so many times that we are afraid to expect again. We are simply protecting our emotions by not even expecting anything anymore. Your Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. 
Sick means weak and worn. It means tired and discouraged. This message may not be for you. I just need you praying for me this morning because it's for somebody. Amen. Uh, uh, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. It means tired, worn, discouraged. It actually means to be nauseated or to be inclined to vomit. Nausea is when nausea is when the very thing you enjoyed eating turns around and makes you sick to your stomach and it wants to come up again. When you get in this situation, even the word that you enjoy turns discouraged. It turns to discouragement to you and what tasted so good on this side of expectation all of a sudden starts making you sick. On this side. On this side. And it puts us in a place where don't even prophesy to me no more. Don't, don't, don't even tell me that no more. Don't even quote me a scripture anymore. Amen. Have anybody ever been in this situation to where I don't even want to hear another scripture because the scripture is not doing anything for me anymore but causing discouragement in my life. Because I'm hearing theology that does not match my reality. It's quiet in this place as far as. The very word that should produce expectation can become a source of sickness. And while other people are shouting because someone's talking about healing... Yeah, I get nauseated. When someone else is shouting about the financial blessing, somebody else gets nauseated. Amen. Because I know what they're saying is true, but it don't match the reality I'm living in. And while someone else is, is shouting about deliverance, the word, the, the very statement that God will deliver you is nauseating me because my experience don't match what you're saying. And it just makes me want to sit up on side. It just makes me want to regurgitate it. It just makes me Now look, I know you're not going to be able to say nothing this morning, but I know you're in this house if you've ever had situations in your life. And I can preach it so good because I've been there a thousand times over. Somebody said, where in the world is he going to go with this? Well, today... If nothing else, I want to show you the difference between what we call hope slash expectation and what the Bible identifies as hope slash expectation. Are you following me? Amen. Romans plainly says that hope will never disappoint you, it'll never delude you, and it'll never cause you to be embarrassed. But for a lot of us, our experience says just the opposite. But we all know that God's word is true. Can I get a witness? We all know that God is trustworthy. Are you with me? We all know he can be trusted. We all know that God is not a man that he should lie. Amen. So the question this morning is, if hope will never disappoint me, where are we missing it? Where is, what is the great divide between your preaching on hope and me operating in hope? Where is the great divide from the hope that is in the Bible and the hope that I think I have? Because obviously, if hope never disappoints, what I'm calling hope is not hope at all. So someone's got to be challenged this morning, amen, to be able to lay down a false hope and lay hold on to a biblical, scriptural, found uh, uh, Bible-based hope. And the only way we can ever do that is to admit my hope don't work. My hope don't work. My, my hope don't work because I'm disappointed. Come on, you're going to have to be mature to even say that. You can't even move, amen, into biblical hope until you realize, wait a minute, what I thought was hope is not hope at all. It was wishful thinking. It was wishful thinking because I can tell when it didn't turn out like I thought, I got discouraged. My heart got sick. 
Oh, I'm still raising my hands. I'm still singing the song. I'm still saying the right thing. Amen. I'm still putting on a certain persona because I don't want anybody to think I'm not spiritual. Amen. But in my heart, I am sick. I am sick. And I'm just going to say what you would never say. And really now when I hear it, I just want to throw up. My God, some of y'all ain't been through nothing yet if you ain't never been in this situation, amen. Are you listening to me? Like I said, this is the greatest, this is the greatest disappointment you'll ever experience, amen, because it's what you're eating that is making you sick, when if you weren't eating it, you wouldn't be sick. In other words, the devil would make you say, why don't you just push it aside and leave it alone because the word that you're supposed to be building faith is really what's tearing you down. And the devil will start separating you away, amen, from true, by God, biblical hope. You say, I don't want to hear no more. I'm not going this morning. They're going to talk this faith stuff, and it don't work for me. It don't work. It seems to work for everybody else. But can I, can I help you? It ain't working for a lot of people. But we're too religious and we're too proud to admit it. Huh? But I ain't scared. Y'all go ahead and tell your neighbor, he ain't scared. He ain't scared because if this happens to me, it happens to you. And I refuse to stay in this place because my God said, you're going to be the head and not the tail. You're going to live and not die. You're going to be the, is anybody in this place? You're going to be the lender and not the borrower. You're going over, not under. You are free, not bail. That's what God said. That's what God said. Somebody shouted with me. That's what God said. And when he speaks, his word is truth. It's truth. So, I want to know where we're missing it. Because if hope is so powerful, the Bible says, by by hope you are saved. Delivered, set free, made free, healed, soteria, by faith. I mean, by hope. Scripture literally says, by hope you are rescued. If it's that powerful, that's the one I want. Huh? Come on, y'all, y'all got to wake up this morning. Grab your neighbor right now by the arm and start shaking them. Tell them, that's the one I want. That's the one I want. Amen. Grab old Nick. Shake him up a little bit. He's all the way from Iowa. Just hear me preach. Shake him up a little bit. Amen. That's the one I hope. But but here's the deal. Amen. In order to get the hope I'm finna share with you, I have to surrender the hope I have in my pocket. God said, you can't have both these kinds of hope because one is doubt and discouragement. One is complete confidence. So if you want the hope I have, you're going to have to give me that hope you got and let me nail it to a cross because it's discouraging you. Oh, my God. It's disappointing. It's disappointing. So... Are y'all ready? Go with me today. And as I teach, let's hold up what we call hope beside what the scripture calls hope and see if you can identify the problem. That's that's all I want out of this. That's my mission today. My mission is not to stir up hope in you today as much as you to get them to hold them up and say, oh my goodness. Now I understand. If you just leave your understanding, I've won. Amen. And you ain't got to leave here today with your problems solved. But if you can leave here understanding, then the devil is not going to be able to beat you up anymore because of disappointment. You're going to leave saying, okay, now I know. Now I know. Now I can do something about. Hope, by definition, is uh, in the Greek, I think you would call it L-peace. E-L slash P-E-C-E. I think that's pretty neat. L-peace-y-o. Sounds Spanish. I don't know if that's Greek or Spanish. El Piso. That's the Greek word. And the definition is anticipation. It's confident expectation of what you know is going to happen. Now, if you're not listening to me with your spirit this morning, you're going to leave here in the same mindset because we have so diluted hope. 
Hope is confident expectation of what you know is going to happen. It changes everything when you know it's going to happen. Not when you Americanized, I hope so. Are you following me? Not I wish. No, no, no. It changes. This hope I'm talking about, you know it's going to happen. And you so know it, it affects your response to it. It it affects your action. Come on now, we're going deep. Amen. So hope is a strong conviction or a belief that's grounded on substantial evidence. Hope is a strong conviction or belief that's grounded on substantial evidence. Substantial means belonging to something, belonging to substance, actually existing. It's real. It's real. It's real. My God, help me. It's real. So, So hope, contrary to a wish, is a disposition of confident assurance that is a founded on substance. In other words, biblical hope has to be held up by a substructure. Biblical hope has to have a foundation to stand on. Hope is not a root. It's a fruit. Expectation is not a root. It's a fruit. Meaning expectation is the product of another substance. Oh my God. Which is faith. So the fruitfulness of your expectation can always be judged and determined by how much root you have. If everything blows you out of the water, you don't have much root. If, if there's not much fruit of expectation on, on, on the vines of your speech and your action, amen, then you have a root problem. Are you following me? Oh my God, we're gonna take this deeper today. So hope can't even exist without substantial evidence. You can't have true faith on hearsay. You can't have it. Well, you know what? Pastor Love was supposed to meet me down here and buy me a a hamburger at the burger bar. No, he was going to buy me fish and shrimp. That's my favorite. But but, but I don't know him very well, but old Freddie said he's pretty dependable. But where's he at? He said he'd be here at noon. And I'm telling you, it's 12 o'clock in 30 seconds. And I just don't understand why he ain't here. Oh, come on now. I'm preaching better than you shouting right there. Amen. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. He is late. He is late. And I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at the menu. And I'm not sure I ought to go ahead and order. I'm not sure if I ought to go ahead and order because I, I, don't, I don't know if he's going to show up. Thank you, sweetheart. I don't know if he's going to show up. All I know is Freddie knows, and he said he would show up. Amen. But, but because I don't know him, I don't have any root for me to be standing there, leaned up against the counter, sipping tea. He'll be here. Y'all go ahead and start frying. Oh, my God. Y'all go ahead and get the grease hot. He'll be here. Uh, that's somebody's word right there. Amen. Oh, God, I preach some message while I go, and I want to preach here learning to lean. You just got to lean up on the counter. Amen. Say, so I don't see him, but I know him. 
Amen. And what I know about him has got me standing here. And I'm not worried. I know my belly's growling, but I know Dean Love. He's going to be here and he's going to provide. Somebody ought to say, I know my father. This is substantial evidence. I didn't just hear the preacher say it. I've been through enough to know he ain't never let me down. And he ain't going to let me down right he could do this morning to hinder this service. But you know what? I've just leaned up because I know he's going to show up. Oh, my God. I'm just going to lean up because I know he's going to show up. I'm just going to lean up because I know he's going to show up. Somebody ought to shout in this place. Somebody high-five your neighbor and tell him, chill out. Chill out. Just chill out. Amen. My God, why? Because he never disappoints his children. How do I know it? Because I have an expectation that's founded on substantial evidence. Not, what's that other word? When you're in the courtroom, you got substantial evidence and. Oh, you just set me free. <laughs> you just set me free. Your problem is you're looking at circumstantial evidence. <laughs> is anybody listening to me? Instead of substantial evidence, and them circumstances will change when you learn how to hook up with something that is substantial. Oh, okay. Somebody said, my God, what happened to the pastor while he was gone? I've been in camp meeting all week. Y'all hear me? I ain't tired. I'm ready. Y'all ready? Wake up. Wake up. Shake your neighbor. Tell him, wake up. <laughs> Listen. So hope is built on. I can take this bridle off now. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Listen to scripture. Oh, Jesus. I just lost everything. Oh, God, y'all pray while I look. Oh, glory. He's aggravating computers. Write this scripture down. While you're writing, you just need to whisper to yourself, I got to have substantial evidence. I got to have something substantial because I can't fake hope. Shut up, I see. I can't fake it till I make it. That's a bunch of baloney. I got to have some circumstantial evidence to hold me in the midst of this storm. Because this ain't just no little storm. This is a Eurachlodon. This thing is blowing from every direction. Amen. Hearsay ain't good enough for me today. I got to have some substance. Come on, man. I'm talking to somebody. Romans 15 and 4. Go write that down. Romans 15, chapter number 4 says... For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, our instruction, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might find hope. He said, the Word of God is not circumstantial evidence. It's substantial evidence. That's why your Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter number 12, Wherefore we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. In other words, I can flip my Bible open and I can find one testimony after another testimony after another testimony. By faith, he brought me out of this. By faith, he brought him out of that. By faith, the fire couldn't burn them. By faith, the lions couldn't eat them. By faith, the sea couldn't drown them. By it is documented. And now I have substantial evidence that I can hook my hope to. And he said, this hope is an anchor. Matthew was waiting on that, wasn't you? It's an anchor to my soul. Your soul is the seat of your emotion. It's where fear dwells and, 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 and anger dwells and happiness dwells. And when the storm gets to blowing, it starts affecting your soul. Y'all might as well say amen. You've been there. 
He said, but this kind of expectation is an anchor that goes down to the root into the holy of holies and it hooks up it hooks up to the one who cannot be moved he cannot be overcome it hooks up to Christ and though the wind is blowing I'm expecting to come out of this thing though the thunder is lightning Paul standing on the bow of that ship, and it's going down. He said, be of good cheer, sirs. Yeah, I always laugh, too. The ship's going down, y'all. And that crazy pastor standing up there saying, be of good cheer. My God, somebody just needs to laugh right now. You're going through enough, you just need to laugh right now because I come like Paul to tell you, I know the thunder is clashing around you. I know the lightning is striking around you. I know the deluge is pouring on you, but I come to tell you, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer for nobody is going to lose their life. And after he got through prophesying, oh, what? Uh, who said that? Y'all leave me alone over there staying in the boat. <laughs> That's another sermon I want to preach so bad. And the whole time he's prophesying, they taking on water. You hear me? Hope don't look at circumstances. It looks at substantial evidence. You start. Matter of fact, some of you need to quit bailing water right now. Oh, my God. Yeah, you got that, didn't you, Anita? Amen. Amen. We say we believe in, but. Get a bucket, son. Get a bucket. Amen. Get a bucket. And somebody said, well, what about Jesus? Well, get a bucket in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Get a bucket in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Y'all know I'm telling you the truth, and we're calling it faith, and I'm working myself to death trying to save my own soul. I'm trying to save my own marriage. I'm trying to produce my own healing, and I'm just. Old time Paul standing up there, and the water's up to his knees. Can y'all see this? I need, I, there's got to be a picture somewhere I can put on the screen. And the congregation said, really, dude? <laughs> really? Have you not noticed, sir? <laughs> We're going under. We're going on, and not, even, not only did the ship sink, but it came all to pieces. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, I feel you. It's coming all to pieces. It's coming all to pieces. Well, maybe because you were traveling on a vessel called hope that God had to destroy so he could put you on the right vessel of hope that will get you to your... Mm. Maybe it's by design. You thought you had hope until what you trusted in started going under. You thought you had hope until your health failed. You... Thought you had peace until they turned your lights off. Thought you had peace until you run out of bread. Oh my God, this is too much. Yeah, yeah. It's, you thought you thought you had. So sometimes God will have to sink that ship so you can get on the right ship. Because there's disappointment on the ship you're on. And God will always have to keep you in still waters for you to be happy. But the scripture says the only thing that will make you strong is to go through troubled waters and have your ship come apart. And the Bible says that the ship was broken in pieces and Paul grabbed the board. Come on, paddle. 
Come on, somebody help me. Look at your neighbor and tell them, just paddle. Just keep on swimming. Just keep on swimming. <laughs> I think I got that off a car too. Amen. Uh, don't you look at your circumstances. Uh, hope. You hear me? Immature hope will look at the circumstances. Uh, and it may have come apart, but just grab anything that's floating. I ain't got but one scripture. I ain't got. Do I look as foolish as I feel right now? I don't care. I want you to get it. Amen. Everything else has come apart. But, but I got Psalms 91 and 1. He that dwelleth. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Almighty shall abide under the shadow. Get your one scripture and keep kicking your feet. Hope never gives up. My God, is anybody in this place this morning? Sometimes God's trying to destroy a thing to get you on the right thing. I got to go deeper, okay? We got to go a little deeper. Let's see, how much of this do I want to cut out and how much I want to give you? Of course, nobody's leaving today. We're not in no hurry, right? Somebody say, I hope so. Listen, listen, I, I got to slow this down right here and breathe and rest. <laughs> Look at this. Nisha, give me Philippians 1, 19 and 20. Oh, my God, we got to take this home because you finna take something home with you. You may not leave with anything else, but you're going to leave here with an understanding of why my hope ain't working. And it can't produce any more discouragement in you. Least you will know. For I know that this is going to turn. Sister, I know. No, not I hope. Not I wish. I know it's going to turn. To my soteria. My deliverance, my healing. See, you can't use that word salvation in the American church because you always think about being saved from hell to heaven. You're already saved from hell. But soterio is, uh, the other word is sozo. It means healing, deliverance, rescue, peace. Amen. I already know. I just dare you to help me preach again and tell your neighbor, I already know how this is going to turn out. Boy, that changes everything when I already know how this is going to turn out. Why freak out when I already know? You're freaking out is the proof you got a false hope. You have the wrong hope. You're bailing is the proof. Can I just help somebody? You're scurrying around trying to fix what you're saying God's already fixed. That's false hope. If that's the way you want to go, that's your business. But I'm helping you as your pastor to don't blame God when you go down. Because that ship goes down. That vessel goes down. When it's really faced with the right storm, it always goes down. I know. This is going to turn to my salvation. Look at this. Through your prayer, Paul sitting in prison, chained between soldiers, beaten, abused, starving to death. And he's up there just right. Can you imagine what the guards thought about Paul? This guy is whacked. They had to say, this guy is flipped. He's nuts. We're going to cut his head off tomorrow. And him and Paul and John is having a worship service. In the inner prison singing, I already know how this going to turn out. I already know how this is going to Come on, y'all help me. Stay in the same key. Don't get me off key. I already know how this is going to turn. Kobe, quit singing. You're getting me off key. I can hear you. 
<laughs> My God, y'all, ought to, y'all ain't getting this like I'm getting it right now. You ought to be patting your foot right now, right in the midst of your situation and circumstance because the Bible says you're saved by hope. If hope is the only thing bringing you out, then you better leave here with some hope or you ain't coming out. I already know how this is going to. Oh, I'm feeling the anointing now. Y'all feeling me? You feeling me? God, that's just too real. It's going to come out by the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Here it is, according to my earnest expectation and my hope. My level of deliverance is going to be in perfect harmony with my level of expectation. Some of your expectation is so low, therefore you live in low levels of victory. But in your mind, you think, I'm believing. I'm quoting Scripture. And the very scriptures nauseous because they're theology without reality. So don't feel bad. If you ain't never experienced this, you ain't never been in nothing. Trust me, you're strong now. He said, I'm I'm I know this is gonna turn, and it's gonna turn in this that word according means in the same measure. In the same measure of my earnest expectation is the measure of this ship turning. And that in, somebody shout it with me, nothing, nothing, not the financial dilemma, not the sickness, not the disease, not the depression, not the oppression, in nothing will I be disappointed. Nothing. Now, 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 look at this. Amen. Look at this. Did, did any of y'all watch me preach on Facebook? You heard this part. When you see these two words, earnest expectation, when you see these two words together, it goes from wish, wishful thinking to confident assurance. Here's the great divide that's killing the church. This is only happens twice in your whole Bible that these two words come together. Twice. In the whole King James Version Bible. This word, earnest expectation, is confident assurance. It's excited anticipation. Anticipation is exciting. Is excitement waiting eagerly for something to happen that you already know it's going to happen. You already know it. So, so hope is confidently waiting, amen, when it's going to happen. Now, when expectation by itself comes from the Greek word prosdokeia, prosdokeia. Pros means to or towards. Dokeia means to think or be of the opinion of. So expectation by itself just means to have a thought in your mind. This could happen. Expectation by itself just means to be the opinion of, I think it's going to be okay. I I think it's going to be okay. But when you see the word earnest expectation, (laughs) it's three Greek words put together. Apo, A-P-O, which means from. Kara which means head. Dokea, which means to look for, to watch for, and to be of the opinion that it's going to happen. What are you trying to say, preacher? I'm trying to say that there is a level of hope that is a positive thinker. I just think it's going to be okay. I just think it's going to be okay. I, I really think it is. But the harder the storm gets, it starts changing the way you think. But earnest earnest expectation means from, head, and to look. So earnest expectation goes from being a thought in your mind to being a thought that is now turning your head. It's a hope and expectation that is no longer in the recesses of your mind. It is now affecting your body language. You got to stay right here. I, I'm kind of being long, but this is where we lose it. Amen. 
Earnest expectation means from head turn. From head turn to look. So earnest expectation is so powerful that it turns your focus from your dilemma to the hope you're expecting to come. Oh, my God, my God, is that still clear, Kobe? Is it still clear? Amen. Amen. Just a thought in your mind keeps you looking at both situations. Just an opinion's got you looking at both situations. And actually, your faith now is founded on that situation presenting something that I can put my hope on. Amen. And when that situation does just the opposite, my thinking start going down. But earnest expectation, which is biblical hope, causes me to turn away from my dilemma because I'm distracted looking for my help. My God, are y'all catching this? And it starts affecting my body language. Mental expectation is equivalent to rolling dice. Somebody just got chills. Come on back. Somebody just saw themselves standing in the. (laughs) Come on back. Some of you in here wouldn't dare gamble. Amen. But the majority of our prayer lives is standing at the Russian roulette or whatever. I don't even know what they are. Rolling that dice, hopeful, wishful thinking, maybe it'll turn up. And if it turns up three snake eyes or however that works, I'm shouting and saying how good God is. But if I get, if I don't get the results, are y'all listening to me this morning? If I don't get the results, amen. God help me this morning. Amen. It steals my wor- praise. It steals my worship. It steals my confident expectation. He said, but, but earnest expectation is a faith that turns my head plumb away from my dilemma. Amen. And it focuses on my hell. I need somebody to help me right now and say, Peter, stay focused. Peter, stay focused. Peter, don't look at the wind. Peter, don't look at the lightning. Peter, don't look at the storm. Because as long as you stay focused, you're going to come out the other side. You'll know when you start getting double vision because you start sinking. My God, I'm trying to be very pastoral this morning because sometimes storms get so bad we start sinking. When you start sinking, it's because you started looking at the wrong thing. Stay focused. Stay focused. True biblical, catch this, and I'm going to try to ease out of here. True biblical, I'm sorry, sis, I'm preaching too long. Come back next week, I'll do better. (laughs) She's going to kill me. True biblical hope will always go past your thinking and start affecting your acting. The majority of the faith I see in the body of Christ is quoting scripture, saying I'm believing, and frantically bailing. I got to get some somebody. Some somebody got to loan me some money. Some doctor's got to do this. Somebody, somebody, somebody's got to do this. When what if we really knew how it was going to turn out? What if we really believed it's done? What if? Are y'all following me? It would always affect how you act. It'll affect the decisions you are making. But we have, we have, we've got some other kind of hope. And we found it upon scripture that is not a reality in our life. Because it hadn't changed anything that we're doing. We're still going the same road to try to get this taken care of. Hoping that God will show up somewhere on this road and do something supernatural where we can step back. My God, that's too much. But that's what hope is. And hope never disappoints. Peter said, Lord, if that's you, let me come to you. And he stepped out of a boat into a hopeless situation to where there was nothing else to lean on, to walk on, Or to trust in. 
but what he expected Christ to do in his life. And he walked at that level until he lost his focus. Now, I want you to listen to me. I want to dumb this down. I want to water this down a little bit before I close. Whatever road you choose to take to get your miracle is your choice. Nobody can make it for you. And your choice is going to be based on what you believe. But just because you made the wrong choice and that your hope is founded upon circumstantial evidence and you get disappointed, I want to help you to back up before you start blaming God, saying, it didn't work. It didn't work. When my Bible says, Biblical hope will never disappoint you. The problem is it requires I do something. It requires I step out by faith. This this daughter right here, my oldest daughter. Three or four years old. Five years old, diagnosed with brain damage. Went into convulsions, eyes rolled back in her head, swallowing her tongue. I was terrorized. I was actually in the pulpit preaching when she started. She was in her mama's lap, second pew. <laughs> Never forget it. And she st- and my wife screamed. And I knew she wasn't screaming because she was enjoying my preaching. She was scared. And when I looked at Lacey, I s- Man, I just inched. I went over the pews and was praying and in shock right in the middle of anointed preaching. And Lacey come around and looked at me like, what's up, Dad? What are you doing? Back up, dude. Come back over, finish preaching. Still in shock. And on the way home that night, she was in the back seat and we heard it again. Same thing. Took her to the doctor. All the time we believing for a good report. I think we had to wait two weeks. Believing for a good report. We believe and we don't know what happened, but we believe in our baby's healed. I had everybody I thought could pray. Even people I didn't even have no confidence in their prayer. I said, it ain't gonna hurt nothing. Y'all help me pray. Went back to the doctor and he brought us in there and said, Sir, ma'am. Have a seat. <laughs> Opened up his little chart and said, hey, to tell you this, your baby's got brain damage. I said, man, you got to be kidding me. She can't have brain damage. She's been perfect. He said she took a fall, hit her head at some time in her life. It injured her brain, and she's finally grown to the point to where the damaged area It's going to continue to call these things. And these things are going to be so violent, they'll take her life if she's in the wrong place. She's in the water. If she's up off the ground. If she's doing this. I just want to ask somebody in this place, what do you do when the report you get is not the report you was expecting? Huh? Anybody in here ever been there? A man of faith and a preacher. Things going to be all right. He looked me in the eyeball and said, everything ain't going to be all right. And he knew I was a preacher. And he said, sir, I'm telling you, you don't have but one avenue. You've got to put her on this system. This system is not going to stop these things. But she may be able to cope with life. But this system is going to make her so anemic that you're going to have to bring her back for the rest of her life every month. And we're going to have to keep a close check on her. What do you do when the thunder is clashing all around you? The lightning. It's so hard to stay focused with all these voices. 
Come on, am I, am I, is anybody with me? So hard when everybody else saying everything's going to be all right. You know what? I didn't even need nobody quoting me any scripture at that point. Come on, I'm just saying what you think sometimes. Indeed, I, I, I was a logger then, and uh, before I went in business for myself, I worked on a big logging crew, and I left that office, and Patty went home, and I went back to work, and just so happened all them men were sitting around eating their lunch, and I didn't even care. My pastor worked with me then. I walked right up in front of all them old loggers, and I fell down at his feet like a big old baby and just cried, cried. I didn't care what they thought about me. I said, my God, Pastor, my baby's got brain damage. You know what he did? Cried. That's all I needed. Don't quote me no scripture right now because I'm kind of nauseated. Oh, my God, help us. Kind of nauseated right now because I've been standing for two weeks in fasting and prayer believing this thing was going to be gone, and it ain't gone. It ain't gone. He said, you hear me, sir, before I walked out the door. You don't have any choice. This is your only hope for her to have any kind. Of normality. But somewhere in the midst of this storm, I thought I was a man of faith, but that ship went down that day. That ship went down. The one I thought I had all the confidence in, that I told everybody else how to believe until my ship went down. But somehow or another, me and my wife found a board still floating. <laughs> and we propped up on the board. My wife, of course, being the mama, was a wreck. And all she could pray was, Lord, help my unbelief. She couldn't even pray for the miracle. Lord, help my unbelief. And we finally came to the conclusion against wise counsel from all my spiritual leaders that said, you better use some wisdom and you better do what they told you to do. And I told my wife, if we don't stand now, we came to the agreement, if we don't stand now, I'll never be able to pick up a microphone again and tell you God will make a way. Are, are y'all with me this morning? Y'all have heard this before, but I just feel so led to tell it. I'll never with confidence be able to look you in the eye and say, you can trust him. Because you know what? It would have been easier if it had been me that the doctor said that about. But it was... My firstborn, the people said, you're putting her life in your hands, and it ain't right. But what they didn't know was I was putting her life in God's hands. All of a sudden, I don't know how we'd done it. We were young ministers. All we had was a little board, and we felt isolated. And we was kicking our feet saying, God, if we don't take a stand now, the devil will whip me every time I turn around. And my ministry will never, it cannot be built on circumstantial evidence. And we said, we decline. We decline. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm not telling you what road to take. But I am telling you that hope, biblical, scriptural hope, never disappoints. Never disappoints. 
Well, she grew up to be a brilliant young lady. What's so brilliant about her is she gives me precious grandbabies. That I may have never gotten if we had went down with that ship. Man, never happened. She never had another seizure. She never took one drop of medicine. She is an athlete all through school. Loved to ride horses. Big old black horse was the first one I bought her. She would hammer down. <laughs> Me standing there saying, God, you're so good. You're so good. What are you trying to say, preacher? I'm trying to say hope is not hope at all until it changes your response. It'll cause you to drop the bucket. He told them, oh, there's such a spirit in here. I'm sorry. They were finna abandon ship. And they had the little lifeboats. They were finna take another route. And Paul said, except you abide in this ship, you're not going to make it. And the Bible says they cut her loose and let her fall. The only thing they thought could produce hope. Wow. That's what real hope is. And that hope will never disappoint you. It's the hope that will save you. Now, I said I was going to water this down a little bit. If I'd have chosen the other route, I don't know what the outcome would have been, but God would have been there holding my hand. He would have held your hand. And he would have stood beside us if it went that far by the grave with us. And he would have comforted us in our losses. My God. He would have been there. And he's going to be with you. On whatever route you choose, my assignment today was simply that you leave here seeing the difference between scriptural hope and so that you're no longer confused and blame God because the devil will beat you up if you ever go there. Matter of fact, that scripture said, can you give me that scripture back, Nisha, in Philippians? Philippians 1, what was that? Anybody write it down? Look at this. According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, uh, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by death or by life. Paul did say, either way, God's going to get glorified. But he went on down to save. He said, but you know what? I know it's God's will for me to hang around a little while. So I'm coming out of this thing. I'm coming out of this thing. Stand with me all over the building. I feel like I have pulled the atmosphere down. But I pulled it down to challenge you. I pulled it down to challenge you. To lift up. Lift up biblical hope and what you call hope to the light of the word that's been preached and ask the Father, which one do I have? Which one do I have? I've had the privilege not only to go through some things, and I did say privilege myself with my family, but to pastor people who's going through some things that I had to stand back and me and my wife said, how in the world are they walking through this with so much peace? How in the world are they handling this storm with such integrity and honor and character? 
Because you see, faith and hope don't say you won't never go through nothing. It just said you won't be disappointed. How in the world do they walk through this without blaming God, without pointing the finger at God, without all these why, 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 why? It's because they have a hope that is standing on substantial evidence. And it'll make us steadfast when everything else is shifting around us. Won't it, sister? It'll bring us out the other side declaring our God is good and our God is faithful. It is faithful. I need you to take just a minute before I dismiss this service. Psalters is always open if you need prayer for anything this morning. But I just challenge you to pray right now. Father, help me to trade in my carnal hope for supernatural hope. Can you just pray that simple prayer? Father, would somebody pray like I've been praying? Father, I want a hope that has that impacts me so much it's starting affecting what I'm focusing on. I'm no longer focusing on the problem. I'm standing in expectation of the solution. Therefore, I have no time for depression and oppression because I'm praising you because you're going to be glorified in this. Oh, God, I ask for a maturation of faith. James said you can tell when a faith comes to maturation because it starts acting. It starts acting. It starts speaking what it's expecting. Some of you are in here and you've been battling some things a long time and God's got you here to hear this sermon and you're standing there saying, well, where am I at? What am I, what, 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 what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? I brought this to the Lord several times. I've had scriptures quoted over me, but it still remains the same. Hear me. Hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. It hadn't done nothing but produce discouragement for me. It's, it's impairing my faith in this God of y'all's. Hear me. I'm going to give you some instruction that's going to change your life. True hope, scriptural hope, keeps walking in expectation even in the midst of the dilemma. There were ten lepers that came to Jesus and asked to be healed, and Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest which really meant you're already healed, but they still had all the symptoms. But the Bible says as they went, every step of expectation they took, it started producing a miracle in their life. Maybe you don't need anybody else to pray for you. You need to start walking in what Christ said is yours. And with every step, maybe instead of doubting and wondering if and when it's coming, maybe every step like the leper, you ought to be praising God. My miracle's coming. Come on now. Now your hope is bringing you out. Now your hope, God, somebody help me in this place. Now your hope is producing the miracle that you can't see it. The Bible says, why do we hope for what we can already see? For if a man sees it, he don't hope for it. But if we hope for what we don't see, it produces endurance. When you're really expecting, it'll change the way you wait. You're not waiting saying why. You're taking every step saying, I thank you, Jesus. It's already done. I know it's going to turn. I know I'm coming out of this thing. I know I'm coming out of this thing. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.